Okay, we're now on chapter 5. We told you chapter 4 is leading into chapter 5. So Rambam is going to uh, first quote a little bit of uh, out of Aristotle. And one thing of Aristotle he's agreeing to. Don't think because he's quoting Aristotle he's agreeing to everything of Aristotle. But one thing he'll agree to, but then he adds another important layer that Aristotle doesn't say. And then we'll connect to what we did last week. Kasher heichel rosh hafilosofim lachor velasos mofsim binyonim amukim When the head of the philosophers, and that always, he never calls them by name, but he's talking about Aristotle. Right? When he began to investigate and to create theories of very deep ideas dealing with nature and quote-unquote science. We have to remember, you're talking, what, what, how far was science in the days of Plato? There wasn't a lot of like empirical evidence out there. But uh, you're talking about, you know, philosophy, how the world came into being and things like that. And, uh, and he, you know, you have to, so what, what, what was, and, and it's not like today scientists can say, okay, I'll try to be honest. I'll observe things honestly. There was nothing to observe, so to speak. I mean, yeah, you can observe the stars. You can observe, you can uh, uh, theorize what, what, how did the world start? Okay. And, but he, when Plato, uh, Aristotle started, he said, this is the way to do it. And he says, Omer Misnatzel, he sort of apologizes Plato. Dover in Yano She'en Aristotle. I don't know why I keep saying Plato. I don't know why. That's going to be one of these mistakes I'm going to keep on making. Omer Misnatzel, Dover in Yano She'en Royal Lema'ayin Besforov She'achazeu B'mashi Yachelolazos. People are going to look at his work and they he's excusing himself and say, don't, please don't think and ascribe to me an attribute of um, Azus. Um, what's arrogance? Not air. No, boldness. It's a better word than that. But as like chutzpah, you know, don't brazenness. Brazenness word. Don't think I'm brazen. And or, or he wanted to get praises. And he's bursting forth. To talk about things, he has no idea about what he's doing over there. In other words, like, you know, you don't know anything. You weren't there when the world was created. What are you theorizing? What a chutzpah. So he, he's saying in advance, don't think that I'm that kind of a guy. And in other words, he's saying, I am coming from an intellectual curiosity and not from... Uh, my own intellectual talent. In other words, he wants to be, what he basically, I'm trying to uncover the truth. I'm not trying to, um, you know, uh, say I'm greater than people and I'm doing things I should are out of my league. I know I'm out of my league. <laughs> but somebody's got to think about it. Someone's got to talk. Aren't you curious of how the world came into being? Aren't you curious of what's going out there in space? Instead of just looking there and just ignoring it. So we at least have to come up with some theories of what's going on. Okay. And he says, but rather, so don't attribute it to any negative things I have. 
but rather attributed to alacrity and effort. And I'm trying to provide true doctrines of philosophy as is capable of man to do it based on what I understand of the world that I see. In other words, Aristotle is saying that, you know, because really, if you got to think about it, he was really, um, what's the word I'm saying? Breaking new ground. Philosophy in his day was, what's philosophy? Like, what are you philosophizing about? What are you, you know, thinking about like moral ideas and, you know, and what's the world really about and this and that and all these things. Although, and Aristotle did make many mistakes. Yes. The biggest mistake was he thought everything revolved around the earth, mm. right? And the truth is, he was trying his best, you know? So he's saying, listen, don't, conf- I'm not being arrogant. I'm not saying, and he probably, I imagine he was a smart fellow. I, mean, I guess he was. He's saying, I'm not trying to show off my smartness. I have good old fashioned intellectual curiosity. And I want to understand more about the world that I'm in. And I'm going to try my best. And when did he do this? I mean, he did this like 2,300 years ago. Yes. Years ago. This is a long time ago. He lived. he lived at the Greek, the times of the Greeks. It's, this is before the destruction of the first temple, the second uh-huh. temple. All right, let's hear the final result is. Oh, 384 BC. What? 384 BC? BC? So 400 years. So that's right at the beginning of the... 1500 before... 
that this is not such a simple thing. So therefore, you can't go barging in mitchilas machshava from what your first thoughts are. Without understanding certain wisdom and sciences. And that is one point. And that's pretty much the same as Aristotle. But now the Rambam adds, and this is a critical point. Person has to work very hard on his character and to refine it very much. And literally kill his tivus, but means limit them. Because what's the problem with tivus? They mess up your intellect. And you got to limit and these yearnings of uh, imagination, things that the bodies could want, dreaming about what's the next pleasure I could have. And if you understand certain introductory truisms, and you and you really know them, and you know how to compare things and make theories, in other words, you have a bit of a background in intellectual thinking. You know, you got to understand ways of thinking. And to know ways to be careful not to have your intellect fool you. Because a lot of times, you know, you think things are this way, but why would you think it's, maybe it's not the way you're thinking as it is. Now you can begin to get into the investigations of what we're going to be dealing with. Because he really hasn't gotten into any quote-unquote heavy-duty stuff yet. I mean, he's, yeah, he is stuff, but he, we're going to start getting into much deeper stuff here. And don't make decisions based on what you first think. And don't send out those first thoughts and have them dominate what you comprehend about Hashem. No, no. Avolievo, she should be embarrassed, so to speak, to do that. And do it slowly. You go up level by level. Period. This is a place to stop for a second. It's going to give examples in a minute. So you wanna you wanna get into and we're talking about like Masa Merkava. We're talking about really, really esoteric things. This is not easy. And you have to have, come in with a tremendous humility. But that's not enough. Now, regular scientists, I don't remember which one said this, if it was Plato or one of these thinkers, what did they say? It was a great thinker, great philosopher, but his personal life was like a schmo. So they say, how do you resolve this? So he says, well, my lofty thing, that's, you know, whatever, Plato the thinker. But the regular Plato is a different person altogether. I don't remember, it's Plato, another guy, but that was the famous line. In other words, what I am is one thing, but my mind is another. Don't mix the two. This is totally, Rama rejects this idea out and out. In other words, if you are a Baal Taiva, and you have bad meadows, and you're arrogant, and this and that, you know, where's the intellectual humility that will let you come to the truth? And although, see, so what, what did so, uh, uh, Aristotle says, Aristotle says, Okay, you know, don't think I'm uh, 
you know, jumping into these things and I'm going fast and this and I and I and I'm have chutzpah. No, I have intellectual curiosity. Okay, fine. But you can still be a bum. You can still be a person into Gashmias and all these terrible things. But but I could think, but my has to do with the way I think. Ramam says nothing doing. There's no way you can really think things to the MS, and that's really what we talked about in the Parsha class last night. There's no way you can come to any truisms if you yourself are a Baltaiva. Because as a Baltaiva, without you realizing it subconsciously, it's going to affect the way you think. Because what if some of the true ideas really are in conflict with your living like a behemoth? So you won't allow a certain degree of honesty to come in to your intellectual curiosity. In other words, you, you already have a, a bias to that. And that's the, the famous sport, Rav and Wasserman, and all these things. You know, it, the question is like, how can, how can great, they even say Aristotle himself could not come to the understanding of Hashem. He was such a smart guy. Why couldn't he come to figure out there's a God? I mean, he was smart. So what are you going to say? He was smart. Uh, Plato, very smart guys. Socrates, very smart guys. So, for example, one of the myths is you got to lose a God. It's one of seven Noachite laws. So how come these smart guys couldn't figure it out? On the other hand, a 13-year-old Bar Mitzvah boy, he's obligated to know this. You mean things that Aristotle couldn't figure out. You're going to tell me a 13-year-old boy has to know? Is that fair? And basically, what Rebbe Hanan answers, he says, it says in, in Shoftim, it says, a judge cannot take bribery because bribery blinds the person. So when all these people are creating philosophies, what they really do is they're rendering a judgment on the world. And now you want to render a judgment on the world. Now, we know the emesis, Hashem created the world, he created the world, and therefore he wanted to give us pleasure by following the Torah, by following the Torah, you have to have a moral code, and that all flows very nicely. But if you're a Baltaiva, you're instinctively not even gonna think in that direction. You've been bribed. And if you've been bribed, how can, how can you come to this emes? Wow, a 13-year-old, but really the emes, a five-year-old can understand it. It's so clore. A five-year-old can understand that God created the world. It couldn't cap by it itself. I don't have to go through all the analogies we gave. So, but because the kid, if he's not bribed with Elam Haba, with Elam Haza, he can come to the truth. So Aristotle never felt that was an important function. The Rambam adds and says, no, 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 this is a very important function. You have to have good meadows, not be a Baltaiva, because now you're dealing with the world of physicality. And if you already have a previous bias of that, without you even thinking, your mind is going to be switched. So <clears throat> this is, you know, we could we can say, we don't want to get into the politics of this, but you could say, you know, science for some at a certain time really was based on empirical evidence. But now if the scientists have a preconceived notion that there's no God in this world, then they're not going to come up with the MS. Right. Because... They're not, you know, they're going to say, if God exists, how come we can't measure him? Well, maybe you don't have the right tools. You know, can't there be certain things that can't be measured? But since they don't want there to be a God, so they'll be satisfied just with their points that they're making. So you don't even realize how far off you are. 
because you don't, you're not going to come to the Emmas. That's what can never happen. Intelligent people, if you're a Baltaiva, that already is a bias that will not allow you to see things as they are. How? Let's say simple, very simple. How could anyone with half a brain say that the Israelis are the aggressors? With half a brain, you don't even have a full brain. A half a brain. But a very simple answer. They hate us. And if you and, and really what? I don't think they hate you. No, he doesn't hate Shelley, he just hate Jews. Right? But but it's like and, 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 and what's the Jew represent? They hate this. They're not don't bother with the facts. A hospital was leveled, it has to be the Israelis. Right? And everybody reports it before they even investigate it. And even when it's gonna it's already been debunked, and they're gonna do it in every paper, still are not gonna be masked. Why? Because they're all Baltivists. And as a Baltiv, you can never come to the Emmas. That's that's why if you're thinking Israel is ever gonna get a fair shake with anything, oh, come on, no way. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. You need medication okay. if you think so that, that so that's what the Rambam is saying. We're talking about very high, sophisticated things. You're not gonna get it if you're a Baltiv. First of all, you have to have good brains. You have to establish you have to have good brains. You have to have a sharp mind, you know how to do and think analytically and critically and all this kind of stuff. And you have to know some math, you have to know some science. That is like, you don't know that, don't even bother showing up. But now there's another thing. If you don't have good meatos and you're not humble, and that also you shouldn't bother showing up. It's not a question of academia as much as, well, it is, but you have to also have humility and good meatos. There's prerequisites. There's certain you can't prerequisites. Be a you if you're a baltiva, then you are automatically not capable of observing this world in a fair balance. That's the realm I'm starting with this. Now he's going to use two stories in the Torah and based on what also you mentioned yesterday about these ideas of vision that we said what it means Mm -hmm. to go and prove the point. Any questions up to this point before we move on to the next step? So if Aristotle lived around the time of the building of the second temple, I know the communication wasn't like it is today. Uh, Would he have known about Aristotle in the temple? Didn't know what? Would he have known about the Beta Mikdash? Let's say he did. Let's say he did. Well, maybe we have some kind of, I don't know, concept that there is a God. I, but he lived well, in Greece. A clear story. Know, he didn't go to Israel. No, I know, but maybe he was aware. I mean, no, no, but there was a story, story in the Gemara with Aristotle and Yirmiyahu. Uh, Remember Yirmiyahu's no, no, crime? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so that's a whole problem with that story. Those stories, yeah. or Plato, I think it was Plato. Well, there was three. Stu- there was the father of philosophy in Greece was Socrates. Socrates' top student was Plato. Plato's top student was Aristotle. So that's the line of the guys. That's how. Okay, so one of them was saying to Yermio, probably why you crying over the base of English? Right, crying over spilt milk. Right. And, and he couldn't understand it. So understand. then he asked him, what are the three problems that you're having the most difficulty And he answers all of them. And he answers all of them. And he goes, oh my goodness. <laughs> you're and, and then he said, if you're so smart, I still understand why you're crying. <laughs> so he said, why well, don't tell you, all my brains came from those rocks. Yeah. Yeah. And, they can't and why I'm still crying? A guy can never understand. It, right? So in other words, it's, it's just not, you know, it's, it's like... You know, they live in Greece, they have this world. Okay, there's this religious stuff. And again, they saw it at its destruction. Yeah. I don't know if they saw the actual 
uh, new temple. And even the new temple was nothing compared to the first. Again, Shelley, they would know about it. There's deniers. There's too much. People don't want to. Listen, what's to discuss? Everybody knows God gave the land to Israel, to Jews. How come nobody wants to talk about it besides the Christians? Nobody wants to talk about it. It's, it's very not useful. So that's, that's just the problem. That's the problem. Okay, anyway. So now with this, he continues. Now we come to the famous story of the burning bush. So it says... Vayaster Moshe Ponov. Moshe concealed his face. Because he was afraid of being Mabit El Elokim. Okay, so what would the simple meaning be? Simple meaning. He was afraid to look at Hashem. What does it mean you're afraid to look at Hashem? What does that imply? It's too awesome. It's too much. True, but what is, else does it imply? You don't want to get involved? If, if he said, I don't want to look at Hashem, means that he could look at Hashem. Right? Let's say, let's say you uh, you insulted somebody, you didn't think he knew about it, and then you realized he knew about it the whole time. Now he goes, I can't look at the guy. I can't look at the guy. I feel so embarrassed. But it means, but you could look at the guy. It's possible to look at the guy, but I'm choosing not to. So what is this? How can it say that he's afraid of looking at us? What do you mean? What could he see? The implication is there's definitely something to see. God's there. You could see Hashem. He's afraid to look at Hashem. Right? Now, if you would say, so some would say, well, it was the awesome experience. Like there's this fire going on. It doesn't get consumed. But it's it's more than that. Because it's saying, El ho Eloi Kim. So the pushup shot would mean that he's afraid to look at God. There is a there is something of God that can be seen. But something can be seen. Remember, if we're only learning the simple shot now, that seeing means seeing, it's implying there's something to be seen. And he was afraid to see what could be seen. Now that's a problem, right? That's corporeality. And that's why the previous chapter said, well, there's two meanings for this. Right? He's afraid to see physically or afraid to understand. Ah. So Mechubar, so now he says this is a Pashib shot, very Pashib shot, but then it's a deeper shot. Mechubar, Lamashi Yorel of Anira, to appear what there could be seen. There is some kind of fire, and he could be afraid to see it. But lo Hashem but you can't really comprehend Hashem with your eyes, because he's Yisalami He's beyond any other type of deficiencies. So what is the real issue with Moshe Rabbeinu? and the Torah praises Moshe. and God gives him what he deserves because of this. Okay. What does that mean? Shenemar, because later on, when Hashem uh, is critical of Miriam for criticizing Moshe, he says, who are you going to talk against Moshe? Utmuna Hashem Yabit. And he sees the Tmuna of Hashem. I already said Tmuna does not necessarily mean a picture. It can also be a, 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 a logical understanding. The rabbis mentioned 
that was the reward from him hiding his face in the beginning from looking at Hashem. So what, what does this mean over here? What is he saying over here? He's saying like this. He's saying just like the Ram says, we can't just jump in to trying to figure out what Hashem is. So Moshe knows that he's experiencing, he's coming into contact with a divine event. He knows Hashem is somewhere over there. Moshe is afraid to try. Remember, this is his first prophecy. This is his first prophecy. First time Hashem saw him. Now, don't you think this is the first time? Now, for 40 years, he's going to be profiteering, so to speak. You think he's going to be a lot better prophet as time goes along? For sure. This is his first uh, experience. So he's afraid to look at the, to say that I I see what you mean, God. He's afraid to rationally figure this is this is uh, an expression of godliness, because he's afraid he'll too much dumb it down into the physical realm. So he's afraid to look at the way he would intellectually uh, conceive of Hashem. He didn't want to go with what his conception of Hashem was. He doesn't even want to go there. I didn't even, he's obviously saw something with his eyes. He saw a burning bush that did not get consumed. But he also was having an initial prophetic experience. This is a transcendental experience. And he said, I don't want to look at it with my untrained brain to come to the wrong conclusions. Later on, he's ready for it? Yes, and then Hashem rewards him that now he'll be able to understand as much as a human can understand what the tmun of Hashem is. And that's on a much more a thorough basis, but with no gashmias. And this is exactly what the Rambam was telling us. He says, don't rush in to trying to conceptualize HaKadosh Baruch because you know what your default position will be because you're a physical person? You're going to give him some kind of physical attributes because the only way you can describe Hashem is what your schema is and your schema is physical. So Moshe knows he's having a spiritual experience. He knows he's coming into contact with God. What he's afraid of is am I going to come up with the wrong impression of intellectually of what God intellectually is, not what he physically is, but what he can comprehend of God. So he's afraid to even comprehend. He didn't want to look at Hashem means he doesn't want to comprehend God because that comprehension has got to be false because it's my first take at comprehension and I'm such a physical person. I haven't gone to prophecy school yet, so I'm going to automatically make the wrong understanding of what a Kaddish Baruch is, and I don't want to, quote-unquote, look at Hashem that way. I don't want to understand Hashem that way. So the reward is that later on in his career, Hashem says, now he sees my Tmuna. He now understands what the, uh, it, what the comprehension of Hashem is as a reward for not going in too fast before. And that's exactly proving what Rambam's point is. Don't get into this discussion, this understanding, until you've meet us are fixed up and you've had experience and you take it slow. That's the whole point. That Mamela answers how could Moshe not look? 
at something that apparently could be seen. What do you mean? That something could be seen that he's not looking at? And then how could Hashem say, you saw the picture of me? So once we understood the last two chapters before, you can understand, but now comes the extra point he's saying, and anybody's going to be studying this safer. You better come in the same way Moshe's coming. Don't start looking and trying to understand what's going on over there. Which the next part is going to say, in contradistinction to the Atzile Yisrael, the noblemen of the Jews. That was the in the 70s, the Canaan, who it says they did look at Hashem. They gazed they were eating. They gazed they were eating. That's going to be the opposite. What he's ultimately going to say is they rushed in to try to understand HaKadosh Baruch from their physical perspective. And we see what happened to them is that they ultimately died. But that's coming tomorrow. Okay, any questions, yes. comments? Just two things. We know that Moshe already had worked on his uh, his midos tremendously. Okay. Uh, so he was, he was, and he, we know he was a tremendous intellectual guy. My sense is, though, he had all the software, but he, the first time, his maiden voyage, he was spiritually overwhelmed by this, this, this sensation, this whole experience was overwhelmed because, I mean, being in Hashem's presence, I mean, really, that's not like... Yeah, but what would be to stop him to try to understand it? I guess he could be just overwhelmed at that point. Right, but still, I'm experiencing something, and from that experience, I would make some deductions. So you're saying, I don't want to even make any deductions here. I don't want to even look, mean to say, try to understand. I'm not trying to understand. So that if, if that answers any questions. Well, we know he was the most humble guy ever yeah, on the yeah, planet. Yeah. But it's still he. But the first time you come to the to, to bat in prophecy, it ain't going to be as good as the next time, right? And but there's this fear factor as well. I mean, I, I mean, if your first time you're let's say facing major league pitchers who are pitching at hundred miles an hour, I mean. You're, you're, it's a fear factor as well. Yeah. And there's some people who are fearless fools. Yeah. Right. So Moshe was not. No, 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 you were. Yeah. So Uramo is mainly trying to say, as we continue in this safer, I want you to know, let's take it slow and don't try to, you still have to realize you're a physical person and you've got to really detach, 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 come to understand it from, um, a, a, a different schema than you have now. Your schema is physicality, physicality. You're, it's gonna, it's impossible for you not to think of Hashem as a physical being. So therefore, you got a distance, and Moshe succeeded in doing that. Okay, we'll stop it at that. There's a lot more to discuss, and now we're gonna. I'm gonna go out of this, so you can.